Welcome to episode 18 of Talking Impact Investing, a podcast about impact investing, ESG factors, and sustainability in business. I'm your host, Matej Sushets. This episode features a conversation with Adelino Dinis, who is editor at We Electric. We Electric is an online daily publication with the theme of smart cities, electric mobility, and an urban and sustainable lifestyle. The publication is searching for facts and solutions that can help the next generations to live more sustainably and happily by providing truth and knowledge about the topics it addresses. In this episode, Adelino discusses all you need to know about smart cities. How do electric vehicles affect mobility in smart cities and also what is the biggest takeaway that he has on reporting on sustainability related topics over the years. Adelino, who lives in Portugal, provides a very informative global perspective about the topics discussed by providing examples from different cities located on different continents. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. Adelino, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to be here and, uh, and to be uh, invited to talk a bit about smart cities with you, Matej. Yes, absolutely. So let's get started. What even is a smart city and can you give us some good examples? Well, um, the, the strict definition is that uh, smart city is, is an urban center that actually uses uh, technology uh, to uh, acquire information and to treat that data so that uh, the decision process can be uh, the most efficient possibly. So th- this, of course, uh, is uh, underlined with uh, sustainability all around, sustainability regarding um, the economy, regarding the the um, social uh, um, social uh, uh, area, but also uh, particularly the environment. So all this combination and uh, uh, with technology applied for, for the best decisions is the definition of a smart city. Um, I think that uh, most of the capitals, uh, capital cities uh, are now trying to become smart cities. And uh, uh, there isn't one that's perfect, but uh, there, are, uh, there are very good examples all around. Uh, sometimes the, the small ones are the ones that can actually uh, have uh, achieve more uh, because it's easier. You have a lower population if you're in an area uh, where you have uh, uh, some ec- economical uh, leverage also, uh, it, it can help. But I would say that, um, um, well, in American cities, of course, uh, uh, New York is, is a, a clear example of, of, uh, of a, uh, a smart city, very developed. Um, and But in, in Europe, you have London, you have uh, Paris. Paris is actually doing... Uh, doing a lot of work in, in some uh, different areas, like providing, for instance, water for the citizens, uh, free of charge, quality quality water, but also in mobility. They are always trying to improve uh, the, the, the way to, to actually uh, provide uh, the best solutions for the citizens and also for their, their tourists. Uh, Lisbon is also in a very good uh, place because there has been a lot of investment uh, in, a, in a center uh, that uh, collecting all the data, they analyze uh, all the things. That means that you can report um, live uh, uh, happening, an accident or, or some something related, for instance, to a flood 
or something like that, that you demand the services of the, the city council uh, and you can report it I immediately. We have other examples of, of cities that, for instance, uh, allow the, the, the citizens to actually choose where they should invest some of the budget. Uh, do you want a, a garden or do you prefer a cycleway, for instance? And uh, this is also an example. And people, of course, vote online. They discuss online. So all of this is, is very, very quick to, to happen. Um, South Korea, particularly uh, its capital, Seoul, is also very well placed, usually at the top when you uh, or see uh, everything regarding the, the applied technology. And also some, some uh, Chinese uh, cities are also uh, very well ahead in the implementation of technology. Because when you look at technology and uh, this uh, implementation, not only the collection of data, but also uh, the experiences regarding autonomous driving and, and all this, and in, in some areas, um, where sometimes it's easier to approve different legislation or perhaps a little bit less protection for citizens, you can actually make changes a bit faster. But of course, uh, now uh, South Korea and, and China are also tech powerhouses, and of course they can implement all these solutions uh, very well. But I, I would say that there needs to be a balance. Uh, and when you talk about smart cities, uh, technology is, of course, very welcome and very important. Uh, to, but but you also need to, to look at uh, um, putting the, the citizens' needs at the center. And uh, for most of that, you actually just need to have a very clear thought of what is needed. Uh, and uh, technology should help. But, of course, planning and, uh, and some new ideas of involving the citizens in the, the governance, for instance, of the city, um, are equally as important if you want to have livable cities uh, that can uh, perform all, all, the, all the needs and actually improve the, uh, the, the life of the, of the citizens. Absolutely. And you, you partially already talked about this, how uh, both the city councils and the citizens uh, have a role to play to build a smart city, a community for everyone. If we look at everything, so businesses, city councils, uh, governments, uh, for example, even the, in the EU and the residents, um, who plays the biggest role into building a, a smart city, or is it perhaps just everyone? Well, we we um, have, um, well we have we vote for for to have uh, people that represent us, and they will take we hope the best decisions for for the community. Um, this doesn't change in 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 democratic countries, be it in the United States or, or Canada or in Europe. Um, and, and so I, I, the main role, I think, is the, the people that can decide and can implement the measures. They have the, the responsibility of doing that. The, we should make them uh, accountable for the decisions that they do uh, regarding this. So I think they will have the power. We, we the people, uh, give them the power to, to decide. Uh, and so I think it's the, their role to actually take this decision. So I think that at the forefront, they will be there. But then they will open the, the, the door for the citizens to have uh, more and more participation and not only participation because the the services are really important being the 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 garbage uh, that we need to waste management that we need to do all of us can be responsible and in europe there are several different situations uh, where um, people actually 
have also the responsibility to uh, do something to perhaps collect and put the garbage in just one day of the week where you know it's going to be collected. Uh, in, in Portugal, you don't have that because usually it is every day. Um, but there are many areas where citizens can actually uh, work together and improve things. We now have a new thing that uh, is very interesting. It started uh, in, the, in the countries in the Northern Europe and it's regarding uh, energy. And uh, these are uh, energy um, communities that actually can be uh, led and created by citizens. And those citizens can organize themselves to produce energy, uh, usually, of course, with solar solar panels. Uh, and they can, can trade energy between themselves uh, when they need to, to make it more efficient. This is something that's actually starting here. But it's also good to actually... Um, um, uh, try to diminish the, 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 the effects of uh, uh, energy poverty that we also have, and particularly in the winter months. So there are several ways to actually uh, implement all this relationship. Um, and and uh, But I think, of course, the, the political power uh, and uh, they have to decide uh, when to involve the citizens, when to involve private companies also, because, you know, in here, we, we our public uh, sector um, has, a, has a very big role to, to play, even in the economy. And that's actually uh, quite a, a difference regarding the, what happens in the United States. But in here, you have those, those partnerships between private and public that sometimes work very well uh, to promote uh, those changes that, uh, that we need to do to make cities more, more efficient and more sustainable. Yeah, thank you for that insightful answer. And and you talked about the energy crisis. And so I imagine a big part of smart cities, uh, especially in regards to mobility, would be the EV, so electric vehicles. Uh, in Orlando, for example, there's already an electric fleet. Um, so like the city is powered or like the mobility is powered by electric vehicles. Can you talk about how important that is um, or how big of a part it is of a smart city? Well, um, if we, we want to improve the quality of the of the people that live in the city, uh, public health concerns are one of the most important. And pollution is a, a, a very serious case of uh, of diseases and uh, early death uh, that uh, we need to, to to try and fight that. And that, particularly in the cities, is is related to mobility. Usually, you don't have industry in the cities, so mobility plays a, an important role. And I would say it's about fifty percent of all the pollution, including heating in the winter from our houses and other activities. Mobility represents almost 50% of all the, the toxic em em emissions in a, in a modern city. Um, and electric cars uh, or other solutions where there is no local pollution, uh, where, where the, the mobility device is being used, uh, they can give a, a very important contribution for that. Uh, I think actually that we should, uh, in, in Europe, there are several examples where things were very fast. Uh, the, the adoption of, of electric vehicles was, was very was very quick, uh, particularly in Norway, uh, which we would look at for, to see. Well, they are about 10 years ahead 
of everyone regarding that particular thing. So if you want to look at the future uh, of what will happen in the European countries, you can look at Norway because Norway is a very sustainable, uh, self-sufficient country in terms of energy, and most of it is clean energy, the one that, that, that they use. Um, and regarding EVs, they started with a very strong policy of um, subsidizing a bit and uh, reducing costs. And so not only companies, but also private citizens could benefit from this and to change uh, from electric vehicles. And But then you have infrastructure. You need to charge, to charge the vehicles. Uh, many people can charge at home, so they need to charge at their office. They need to charge when they go shopping. And all of this needs also implementation and investment. But you can also identify uh, the Netherlands, also a very a country that... Uh, took the EV revolution very quickly, and also Denmark and other countries. Portugal is actually in a very good position. Um, I think the Portuguese, in, in terms of culture, they were always early adopters uh, in, in terms of technology. And even if you go back 120 years ago, uh, the Portuguese were also very keen in adopting the automobile. Uh, and so uh, this is a cultural thing, and we did that fast. Our infrastructure was also quick on responding, and we started even before there were that many uh, electric vehicles here. Um, and it's growing very well. Actually, the infrastructure is still growing faster than the, the EV market in, in Portugal, which is a good thing. But then, of course, you have the question where you're going to get all this energy. We don't have nuclear energy produced in our, in our country, and we are betting that we can solve our energy uh, needs uh, by using renewables, uh, combining, of course, hydro, uh, uh, um, solar and wind power. Um, but there are some challenges. But of course, the electric vehicles in the cities, they are really, really important because they will, uh, be, will be able to reduce pollution. They will nonetheless have other issues that will not be solved because you still need lots of space for, for the cars. You need a space to park. You also need a place to charge now with the electric vehicles. Um, but they, but what we cannot do is just not promote this change and not do anything else regarding mobility of the city. Uh, mobility should be centered on the people, uh, first and foremost, and not the car. I would say that about a third of the area of a modern city is is related to the usage of the car and particularly the private private car. Um, and this is something that really needs to change. You need to promote the soft mobility solutions, be it the electric scooters, the bicycle, uh, walking, uh, public transportation. All of this is much more efficient than uh, efficient than the automobile. And when we're looking at um, cities that are older, that are smaller in in area, uh, you really need to do something about the car. If you have um, a big area, well, American cities, for instance, they have lots of space. They are um, very big, and also public transportation apparently doesn't answer all the needs of the population then it's different and it perhaps will take more time. But I think that, well, a, a friend's advice would be to try to look at um, uh, sectors that could actually be intervened. And you can start from the city center and then just uh, grow this, this transformation in mobility. Um, and I think that if people uh, get used to actually using other 
more efficient ways of transportation um that that would be again changing also for for the, the the cities and the evolution of the cities yes absolutely and it seems like this is the future um the eu uh, has reached a deal that they banned the 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 sale of new gasoline and diesel cars by 2035 right um so is the ev vehicles the only thing i know you mentioned public transportation playing a big role is there anything else that we can envision ourselves in the future uh, in regards to mobility? Well, uh, I, I focused my answer on the urban areas. I can, I, can, uh, I can talk a bit more about mobility as a whole and as, as, as an approach for the country and also for uh, um, an area that is a political union here in, in Europe, well, where you have uh, hundreds of millions of people living. And there are great reasons for this change, particularly because, um, well, burning things for energy is really not very efficient. And it has, of course, the drawback of the emissions of CO2 emissions that, uh, well, scientists confirm very clearly that they are changing the planet in a way that uh, that it's not good for us. It's not good for us now, but it's going to be much worse uh, next few years in the next generation. So uh, we have the obligation to look at this with a factual, uh, a very factual approach. This is not good. We need to And uh, the truth is that we really don't need uh, to burn fossil fuels for energy. We have alternatives. They are not perfect. Uh, there's not a single one that's going to answer all of this because um, well, the amount of value uh, in a in a barrel of oil is 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 really impressive. What you can do with that, what you can produce, the value that you can add economically uh, with this is, is very impressive, and it's not very easy to replace. And in some areas, we are not going to be able to do that, at least not for for. And several decades. But for energy, uh, we have uh, alternatives and we should pursue them. And so when we transition from combustion engine uh, to, to electric vehicles, we are um, doing this. And uh, it's actually great that we have a deadline for the, the, the to stop selling new cars with, with combustion engines. Uh, actually, it is regarding the emissions. So if there, by any chance, there is a possibility of a combustion engine that actually doesn't have emissions, um, they could be sold uh, afterwards. Uh, but it doesn't seem very, very likely to, to, to happen. So, but this change has to do with the, the way we, the materials that we use for energy and, and emissions. Uh, but my feeling is that well, the industry, uh, the automotive industry, is actually invest very much invested in this transition. And what I, I think what will happen is this deadline in 2035 is, is is not going to be to we're not going to need to enforce it in any way, because in in a few years, what I think will happen is the industry is going to earn more money producing the electric vehicles than the combustion engine vehicles. And as we know, with all, all the transitions in industry, uh, when there is a new technology and uh, the players start making more money with this, they will themselves try to uh, stop as much as quickly as possible the production of the other inefficient technology, inefficient here in terms of uh, economics also. So I think that by 2030, 
it's probably going to be very difficult for you to buy a, a combustion engine car uh, in Europe and in other areas where where this limit will be enforced. Um, perhaps, of course, uh, very special exotic cars, uh, limited edition million year, million dollar cars, something like that. It, it will be available as uh, something like a farewell to to the combustion engine. But I, I see that for everyday um, mobility, uh, I think it, it, it will be earlier than that. So we're, we're going in that direction, but we really need to improve uh, the production of renewable energy. And um, nuclear energy also seems to have a, a role to play. Um, still, still undefined. We, uh, in Portugal, the, the authorities are very clear. They don't think we need nuclear and uh, but we buy electric energy from from nuclear source from Spain, for instance. Um, and so um, we we still need to wait a bit more to see what role uh, nuclear will play here in Europe. And so moving on, you are pretty much author of the publications at We Electric um, in Portugal, uh, yeah. which is a terrific site. I just read a fantastic article, which is very interesting about how wine is uh, related to climate change. And so we're going to post the description uh, to the website for everyone interesting to check out these fantastic articles. Uh, but the question for you is, what is your biggest takeaway from the journey? Because you cover so many interesting topics through time. Well, it's, it's actually was uh, was almost well. This didn't turn out exactly as as we planned. We decided to have a um, a news platform regarding smart cities. Uh, but what happens is when we started looking at this, we we saw that there were so many ramifications, and and of course the the underlying key for all of this is sustainability, and uh, and that's enough to actually have. Um, everything regarding our, our human activity on, on focus. So we need to p protect nature. We need to produce things uh, in the most sustainable way possible. Uh, and we need to take care of our cities, being uh, having people being fed, energy, uh, also uh, waste management and all of this. So we ended up actually catering for a, a lot of different uh, areas, which is very interesting in a perspective if you're, curious person like journalists usually are, uh, you're always chasing after new things and trying to very quickly to learn a lot about this, being studying hydrogen. I had to to fetch my, I, I'm actually using my, my, my eldest daughter's uh, chemistry book to remember a few things about, about uh, the elements and things that uh, I need that to actually being able to fully understand all the questions, for instance, regarding uh, uh, hydrogen questions, which are are very complex. Um, and so uh, for me, it's been wonderful. I've been doing this for five years now. Um, and it's great to actually keep keep looking for new things and learning and meeting new people. I think it's it's great. We need to, there is, a, we need to have a, a, an effort that of working together to actually find the best solutions because, well, um, no matter what, what the difference are, the planet is the same one for all of us. So uh, we need to work together, be open about new ideas and new solutions um, and not, not just easily taking sides. We really cannot take sides very quickly. We need to actually look at things and re reflect and, 
make our own opinion. Uh, everything is not just black and white. There's lots of grace. And I, I think we, we should live at all of that. Uh, and sometimes uh, uh, trying to um, find a meeting point for, for better solutions, I think it's, it's the way to go. On that note about how we all live in one world, I'm going to ask you the last question. Uh, we talked a lot about the big picture, uh, about the mobility, the smart cities, um, about how um, the city councils and governments can make a difference uh, with different legislations. Can you give us some ideas for everyone that they can make in their lives um, for, for, for some changes to live more sustainably for those that are interested to hear, to hear what, some, what your thoughts are on that? Well, one thing I can tell you is that if you if you don't want to change uh, something in your life, you 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 don't learn about sustainability because as long as you uh, embrace this, you will never look at the world on the same in the same way. Um, I actually any activity that I'm doing, anything that I'm buying, I'm now doing all the math and say, do I really need this? Do I really need to buy another plastic package to do something that's probably not going to give me any, any more fun? Am I really going to use this? Do I really need this? Do I even like this that I'm trying, that I'm almost buying? Uh, so in all of this, I think we need to be more rational about things. I, I don't think that we should do, should stop doing what we like. Uh, for instance, um, I, I, I enjoy classic cars. I, I like I like classic cars. Classic cars have combustion engines. I don't imagine actually converting a, a beautiful car with a great engine to actually convert it. Um, so we have to find a way. Do I just drive it on weekends where, of course, the emissions are going to be just a tiny drop in the ocean and it's not going to be important? Shall I try to find a different fuel, for instance, a synthetic fuel that's made of CO2 captured in the air, produced with uh, renewable uh, energy? Uh, so we have to find ways to keep doing the things that we love, um, but also really finding the things that are worth it, that we should invest our time and our money, and also thinking about the consequences of, of our activity. Because every human activity has consequences, has emissions, has a, a footprint, a carbon footprint, uh, that uh, impacts the planet. So uh, I just think that we all need to be a bit more consider considerate about what we're doing and, and why. Excellent. Adelina, thank you so much for your time. This was an invaluable time that we spent together. And, and I thank you for bringing the global perspective uh, from all around the world, from Asia, um, America, and obviously Europe. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, to keep reading your, your articles at V-Lecture because I think they're of tremendous value. Again, the link is going to be posted in the podcast description and I wish you all the best. Okay. Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure and uh, I hope we'll talk soon again. Thank you. Thank you for staying with us until the very end. You can stay up to date with the upcoming episodes by subscribing. And if you found any useful information, feel free to leave a five-star review and follow Talking Impact Investing Podcast on social media.